your fill, financial independence and long life, where we strive for ways to achieve those two goals and we invite friends and folks on to help us. And today we're very lucky to be joined by Dr. Margaret Zaraga. She is a family physician, a wellness advocate and a life coach. And in addition to coaching, she runs a medical practice, Genera Personal Primary Care, which is actually a, pri a pioneering direct primary care practice committed to delivering high quality relationship-based care to communities in Massachusetts. And in her spare time, right, she has like 10 other jobs. <laughs> she, has a, <laughs> she has a, success, a cool Facebook group where she helps people to deal with some life issues and just all kinds of great empowerment things. So did I miss anything in the introduction that you think you really want people to know about you? No, I think it's perfect. Thank you for that. <laughs> you got the highlights. Thank you so much. Okay, great. Excellent. So yeah. I guess to start off, I mean, how did you become interested in medicine? Did you always want to be a doctor? I was actually kind of one of those classic wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> um, I modeled after, I would say more of like the energy to serve. Um, when I um, modeled after my grandfather, who actually was not a doctor, he was a lawyer, but he was a high profile criminal lawyer. Wow. who really, you know, represented to me the, the early essence of abundance and a, and a well-lived life. We were just celebrating um, over the weekend, you know, here in the U.S. it's Halloween, but in the Philippines it's All Saints and All Souls Day. So we think of all of our family members who've passed and our ancestors. And with this, he always comes up um, oh, as, like a, as like one of the, my first early role models of, of real true dedicated service and excellence in profession. And uh, I, was, I was inclined to the sciences and always wanted to see myself in, um, because of uh, his way of practicing law and um, communicating so well, I saw myself as a, a community leader. Um, very early on, even if I didn't have those words. And in my mind, those were the images in my mind because of how I grew up with, with looking up to him. Oh, nice. Yes. It's interesting because we've been talking throughout the Billionaire Mindset series, we've been talking about the importance of, or, or how so many of us have to kind of overcome our childhood a little bit and overcome some of the noise and- Oh, yeah unconscious programming it sounds like you you maybe had an advantage over that because you had great great perhaps great self-talk great already some goals and some visions of how you were going to live your life uh what this i'm glad you segued into that because no my childhood was, was actually not all that pretty and <laughs> <laughs> because of, only because of not in a financial sense but more of um my parents split up when I was 10. Oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, yes, so I do agree that in our journey to an abundance mindset, you have, all of us, you know, was this, I might have, might have fooled you with my first <laughs> few seconds of my interview, but, but all, all of us have a past to deal with. And um, that was challenging for a 10-year-old to have the rug pulled under them, right? Under yeah. me, when my my parents decided to part ways um, and a lot of, you know, self-image questions, um, 
uh, I, I, I shared this in a previous interview before, but unfortunately at that time, that was the 80s, um, there was a very, very sad way of thinking about um, children who belong to what is, was called the broken home where we were labeled as like almost like a danger to other to our peers like mm. um, i remember one of my best friends told me that her parents were cautious to say the least about her hanging out with me because i was supposed to be bad influence not because of anything i did but because of who i was wow. so you, i mean that says everything about what i had to deal with and what kind of anxiety, I, I hid it very well. I was a very high-functioning, anxious person. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, there's a huge self-talk in my head that I better not make any mistakes because everybody's expecting me to make mistakes. And of course, that's, I'm not saying there really were people expecting me to make mistakes, but that was the self-talk, that people are waiting for me to fail. That that was the the self talk there, and I'm uh, was this um, yeah. Just looking back at all of that, I'm I'm just grateful for where I am in my life and how I found a path where serving other people has been part of my own success story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so nice. You. you know, it's so it's natural and unfortunate for kids who who whose parents split up as they sometimes feel responsible. Yeah. So that, and then on top of like, oh, you've got this stigma, right? You're like a, a community pariah because your parents have split up. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. It's, it's really, really Yeah, difficult. it's hard. I, I do want to say that I didn't have that version. My, I mean, everybody has a reaction. I was very cautious actually about that because, because kind of like that was like the, almost like the stereotype thing to fall into. So that wasn't my, my specific challenge because my parents, both of them made it very clear to me that they would, that they, as much as they were not succeeding in their marriage, they were very intentional to say that we will be the best parents we can be um, to you as long as it didn't have to deal with each other. Not a laugh about it, right? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. It tends a tough age for those thing, kind of things to happen. Yes, yes. But, but I loved how you touched on um, how, you know, these mindset things uh, really trace back to um, our childhood. And I just, right before you, I was chatting with a client working out um, some things that, you know, trailed, um, went back all the way to uh, interactions with parents about how, you know, something not related as eating sweets at home is now impacting how, um, how emotion, their emotional stability in adulthood. Wow. Right. It, it's so, like, you see it. So it's, it seems mm. so disconnected, but it really isn't. So that's been my, um, that's been my um, passion is to help people, I call it the triple R, review, reframe, and rewire. Review, reframe, and rewire. That process is how I've walked people in a relationship with me. I actually, I, I know I, I do life coaching, but I call myself um, a transfer, uh, I call my practice a transformation guidance practice. 
because I think it encompasses, first of all, we're all transforming from moment to moment. We're all in a, we're all in a process. And I, and I dare say that we are all perfect in our process, right? But the more we make conscious intentions along the way, you know, as I said, seeing the connections between our past and our present and then making new decisions that have, that can, can be, uh, based on what we choose, can be connected or disconnected to our past. Just as long as it feeds us, energizes us, and makes us powerful, that's how we can move forward in our mindset. Yeah. Circling back to, to the topic for today. <laughs> so how do you help people to, I mean, how could you help somebody find out that that faraway incident is really what's impacting them today? Yes, thank you for that. So I, I end up... Um, doing what is called more of like a thought inventory. So um, I, I, I like to say time travel. So I, I, um, I you know, I create, a, thankfully, a virtual's worked out as well, but whether it's virtual or in person, of course, in-person connection is so much more powerful because you're actually feeling each other yeah. through that energy, but virtual's worked out pretty well during this pandemic. It's given me more access to more people Mm-hmm. who are a fit to what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. So I take them to a relaxed state um, through breathing, introspection. I employ music when needed. Um, I've recently added laughter yoga. <laughs> it's really, really fun. It's really, really fun. I really, that's a favorite of mine. Um, so um, teaching people to be aware of their state, taking them to a relaxed state. And then I like what to say is time travel. I mean, there's many ways to get a mind inventory of your thoughts, but one of the things is to take you to a time that was either empowering and disempowering. You choose whether was it a pleasurable state that needs more charging or is it something disempowering where you recognize how to lighten your load. <laughs> so I, 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 I mentioned that because, as you said, that's my, the name of my Facebook group, mm-hmm. which is Light Load Health and Wellness Release Group community sorry health and wellness release community so so yeah i frame it that way like is this useful to you so i i i like to teach people how to ask good questions and i don't tell people what to do i really stop myself from doing that right i mean that wouldn't be effective to tell right. people what to do which is actually my traditional western Role, uh, doctor role, right? Take this medication, <laughs> you'll be fine. See you in six months. Exactly. That kind of, that kind of started feeling um, it, it's missing something. So I, I still do that for people definitely needed in this pandemic. I want to say a lot of people have been calling my practice for um, bridge care. We call it bridge care because a lot of people are on primary care physicians waiting lists and whatnot. Mm. So I do that work too. <laughs> But there's so much more that if people allow me to to uh, hold their hand and walk with them, I I I, I say things like, uh, well, every time we meet, we are uh, we have an empty room and you're walking me around it, and then we're looking around, show me around, and then we go through the journey together. I also love to say that the kind of um, relationship we have is based on work. Like I don't shy away from telling people there's work to be done, um, you will reap all the benefits, the success. Um, this is 
this is your work. It's not mine. I am just a guide. Mm -hmm. Like we do it together, but there is work to be done because the, the moment that they conclude that I did the work for them, I'm actually not setting them up for success. Owning it is what will, is part of the foundation of, of doing that. And um, on that point, I want to say that some people may or may not be ready for working. Um, and with this, we have to respect our, we have to respect where we're at in our process because we are perfect in process. But I definitely, you know, in working through people like you, putting my name out there, I'm really grateful because definitely I want the people who need to find me you know, I want, I want to do everything so that people who are ready to do this kind of work make it easy for them to find me. Yeah, definitely. So, well, right. it's to, what you're saying about making the person has to be the one to do that because then they, otherwise they, they need you, right? They feel like, oh, yeah. I can't do it without her. Oh, I have to go, I got to call her. There's t- terrible things happening, right? They have to own it. Yes, definitely. Make sure that they're 100%. So you brought up people, you know, being on waitlist and stuff, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on the the connection between, yeah, well, the mind body connection, but especially like during COVID, do you feel like there are things that people can do to kind of protect themselves in a way mentally, you know, to bring themselves to a place where they're not so vulnerable to disease and yes, 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 yes. Oh gosh, that's a that's a big question. I, like uh, maybe practical tips, maybe is what we're, we're thinking. Are we talking well, about? No, I'm thinking about uh, just like if someone expects that they're going to be sick, then they're going to be sick. If someone expects that they're going to be healthy, right? I mean, I just feel like there is such a big mindset component. To yes, definitely. When you say COVID, we're talking about physical illness or just in general what the pandemic has, uh, how how the pandemic's affected us. Well, I guess both because even some people who don't have it are still very mentally affected by it, right? You know, they're. I agree. Um, what's coming to me right now is the word relationship. And it's both relationship with self and relationship with other people. Um, that comes to mind because, like, I've been, uh, I've been, you know, interviewing, uh, interviewed rather, um, in a lot of virtual um, podcasts like this before. And one thing that I've said was, during this pandemic, we are given a choice. It's either to thrive or survive, right? Yeah. And definitely to thrive, we have to make use and make the most of this time that we're given to look within, Mm -hmm. right? So that's where we'll do our first stop, which is your relationship with ourselves. I found my journey, for example, with the relationship with myself, reflecting on how I eat. (laughs) And uh, you're smiling because, you know, we're we're speaking exactly for what, uh, what it is. It's the, what did they say it? COVID-15. <laughs> the 15 pounds you gain over COVID. Yes. Yeah. So um, the, the, the COVID-15 is real. 
it's 70% of Americans who in the first wave already reacted with emotional eating. And that is a reflection of our relationship with ourselves because obviously, I'm going to just call it for what it is. Emotional eating is destructive to ourselves. We're, uh, yeah, the fact that we put on pounds means that that was calories that we didn't actually need. But our mind was convinced that there was comfort and pleasure, soothing that was coming from those calories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where there's a disjoint because the physical, there, there's a part of you that says, this is good for you, but, you know, your conscious mind is saying, wait, I'm increasing my cardiovascular risk. So <laughs> that's my doctor voice talking, but... <laughs> But see, so like if we don't pause and we just keep on going with, with the flow and not really tuning into, so why am I needing to snack all day? What, what exactly am I trying to address? What am I trying to calm down? What is the voice telling me? Yeah. Well, one of the common things is like if you eat this chip, you're going to feel good right now. <laughs> right now I want to feel good right now and I, I know that because I came from there I'm not I didn't I'm not sure if you caught um I did I tell you that I lost 25 pounds I saw on the I, I saw on the Facebook but at that time it was only 11 so you've lost 25 wow congratulations thank you you do your homework wow thank you um that was um I would say my journey didn't start during the pandemic. I tried to do keto diets and such in the last few years, injured myself trying to get into a routine. But I, I basically fixed up my life. Um, and so I'm at, a, I'm, a, I'm at a very good point where I fixed up my life, my priorities, my relationship with myself, because everything around us is a reflection of how we relate to ourselves, what is important to us, where our balance lies. So that's the first relationship, right? The second relationship is relationship with others. So I love sharing this on, um, uh, on community programs. The TEDx talk by Dr. Walden of Harvard University, mm -hmm. he's a psychiatrist um, that uh, inherited a study over generations of Boston men who were um, analyzed or studied rather for their satisfaction scores, life satisfaction scores. And there were a couple of things that were very clear, which were your overall satisfaction with your life has to do with, guess what? The relationships that you've built. Right. And isn't it obvious, but it takes a Harvard study to kind of say it's <laughs> obvious, right? But I, but I just want you to know that I'm a nursing home director at Life Care of Situate. And um, in all of my nursing home roles, when I check in with the elder, the first thing I ask is, do you get any calls? Um, does somebody visit you? Who's your biggest support right now? I ask those things because it helps me assess if they will be needing more pain medication. Wow. So that's the second thing. Yeah, that's the second thing. The second thing from Dr. Walden's study was your pains, um, your experience of pain is directly related to the stability of your relationships. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. Oh, man, that's interesting. Very cool. 
because um what was it and this is another study that this is fresh off the mind body medicine harvard conference last week they said that hold on i don't want to misquote there's a one specific area of the body that registers pain and and addiction they're like side by side like they drew the brain and then they put two dots so what's this the the point is like there's a trigger in our brain in how we experience pain and how we uh we experience addiction so in other words they're very intense and so as you can imagine having stable relationships in your life um impacts how your brain chemistry is on a constant you know like on a moment to moment day to day mindset to mindset yeah. <laughs> yeah so those are those are pretty cool things so what i i bring that up in the middle of the pandemic because in introspection i post this to the audience this is a great time in your life to examine which relationships feed you <laughs> you're smiling cuz you know what i'm talking about <laughs> which relationships feed you nourish you just get you going and those that don't <laughs> those who drain you and extract from you take too much that's this is probably the the best time and i say all of that because it you know all of these things these relationships are i i think calling these out these are things that like if if there was one thing to focus on in intro in, in the forced introspection we have during this pandemic yeah all of those actually affect your immunity <laughs> think about it like it's right yeah positive so, versus negative energy around you mhm mhm definitely so so i i guess that would be my pandemic uh, nugget for the day <laughs> That's fascinating. Well, I just want to let people know if you're listening that all yeah. the things that we talk about including the TEDx study yeah. and the other uh tidbits oh, yeah. uh, there'll be links to all of that on the website which is okay. getyourpillpodcast.com. And uh yeah, that's I'm definitely going to watch that. That's Yes. Very fascinating. So I mean thinking about the now you're we're talking about that the mind has the power to keep us healthy basically, right? That this that there is a, is there a, like an actual um documented link between your level of positivity your mindset and your immunity uh, thank you for that um nah, immunity i'm going to share with you what i do have i mean of course i'm not the expert but i've been um diving into the mind body medicine community um because of the Herbert Benson um institute here in Boston it was founded by Herbert Benson and is affiliated with Massachusetts General Hospital i don't have any formal affiliations with them other than i engage in their courses mm-hmm. and they present uh on an annual basis a bodies of work that i would say you know it's challenging because it's mind body medicine first it's hard to measure second it's not funded by big pharma <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> what i was really you know tickled when i found out that the it, the national institutes of health themselves fund these so i i just feel like that's good tax dollars going to the right place yeah. so so in terms of a study what i'd like to share with you 
is my favorite study that I quote of Dr. Tawakol, that's T-A-W-A-K-O-L. He's a cardiologist from MGH. Um, he has he has looked at relating the activity level of the stress center with heart inflammation. So I'll yeah, those two things. So they similarly they got subjects in Boston. Um, these uh, participating patients live um, in low socioeconomic communities, and um, it's it's considered in 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 science for scientific data it is not enough to i just wanted to clarify what kind of studies these are yeah. not enough to create a guideline um to to change uh, how we do things just yet because dr tawakal is very clear about that but it is enough to definitely say that there is scientific evidence scientific meaning it's been measured it's been studied investigated right so yeah. so the they looked at the stress center, a place called the amygdala in the brain. And there was higher tissue activity to start with people who lived in high stress communities. Mostly, you know, if, if you think about financial stress and everything that goes with that. Right. And they also happened to correlate that the same people had higher degrees of inflammation in the heart arteries. And when you have more inflammation, you're more prone to the things that make up the unfortunate event, like a heart attack. So, so it's like it becomes a bed for or a foundation for disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's just one example where you know the mental has now a physical documentation of a biological change. Yeah. Or, and sorry, in, in the, to be more specific, a pathological change um something that um ideally should not have happened because it's not part of normal function yeah pathologic not normal physiologic normal so this is a this i mean there's inflammation that is good this type of inflammation that he was documenting taking pictures of heart arteries his he and his team to be specific taking pictures of heart arteries and um the amygdala in an mri of the brain correlating those two things you know is the beginnings of how what i hope to be um how people will take these things more seriously and what the herbert benson institute advocates as well as myself in my own practice is i help people take their first step i call it the rnb sounds like rbg but it's the rnb <laughs> right r n for next b for best right next best step in starting on their contemplative life and you know what does a doctor have to do with that well as i said because these are the things that will actually impact your quality of life for years and years yes i could give you a pill for your blood pressure but that's just the start but it makes sense, and when you think about every emotion, actually has chemicals that go along with it. Yes. That these that these chemicals are going to impact your body. I mean, it's to a complete layperson who knows absolutely nothing. Yes, that's logical to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I love it. You yeah. can think your way beyond it, I suppose. With more education, you can get to the point where it's not so logical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, just I don't know. I've always felt that way. Whatever, believe that way. But. But think about it. A lot of people don't use common sense. 
you know, but the, the reason why is if um, emotions and logics were put head to head, what would win, right? All the emotions all day long, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not logical to deny that connection. And, you know, we become comfortable with whatever it is that the subconscious has decided helps us cope with our day to day um, until, until we have that contemplative, contemplative life and approach that we're making new intentions, choices from moment to moment. And it is possible. Like it, I don't have to meditate all day to do that. <laughs> but, right but to to be in a state where you're clear where you've cleared where you've cleared up your plate and then you can create the life that you want from moment to moment is where you know now I'm gonna get to my to my litany where I feel like that is what inspires me to do this work because I think complaining about the things we don't like to see in the world that's of course we have to state those things but i'm more inspired by working on every person be their best versions of their self of themselves because that's how goodness will come up because i truly believe and operate in a way where every single person you know all these labels out there of 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 the things that divide us if we remove all the labels and you see each and every single person for who they are the best version of those people will always vibrate in love, okay? So my, my role as uh, a guide, as a doctor, as a physician, is to be able to see and help people get to their best versions in all aspects, physical, mental, social, psychological. So. That's a beautiful mission. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> How do you help people to... Uh, to make that well first of all to identify I mean sometimes I think it's a stretch for people to even envision this best version how do you help people sort of dust off the <laughs> yeah that's right that's dust right. that person off and find them yes yes definitely you know as I said I like to say R&D I got that from a patient I, I told him <laughs> I'm gonna borrow that okay so <laughs> I made it my own there I always um one of my, um, I guess, gifts has been to have people, you know, chop up. I call it micro-momenting. Like you micro-moment your day and you can chop up to have something more digestible. So like one of my patients would often say, like after a session, they feel like there's something actionable right away after the session that they can work on. So it's mm -hmm. Because like looking at, as you said, best version of myself, wow, <laughs> how do I get there? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so like, um, let me add it, that, that you're right. <laughs> it's going to be more of like, is that true? Can I really do it? Then I, so like we start off with that, then I take the micro and then we, we split up the goals and it's, you know, it's a collaborative um, situation. Uh, if you, if people go to my uh, Marga Zaraga, I have these um, videos there where I really, one of my first um, uh, beginning points is the breath, which is, you know, that's not like, it's not like something I have a stamp on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a meditation technique. So I'm a meditator as well. I've been, I've, I've meditated since uh, 2008 to deal with my own chronic anxiety. I had some test anxiety and 
you know, coming from such a competitive profession, mm-hmm. for foreign medical, uh, I'm a foreign medical graduate, which makes my life even harder than the usual <laughs> doctor in this country. But you know, there's a lot. There was a lot of anxiety that I had to cope with and manage. And thankfully, I'm on the other side where I'm now thriving and knowing how to deal with that. But that's why I got into meditation. Um, it was a process for me, and I would say, um, you know, as you know, I'm thankful for where I am now. When my career started to peak, it was because I increased my meditation. Interesting. Yes. And um, like I said, the mind-body medicine community has documented research where if you meditate for 20 minutes a day, you will start to actually see brain structure changes um, because you essentially gave your brain a chance to rest and if you're rested then your brain can function in that best version of yours of ourselves essentially mm-hmm. um that said i, I do want to say that mindset we always say mind but in reality this entire being here from mm-hmm. top to bottom is 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 just this is just one thing we can take a picture of we can connect wires to our brain to our heart but this entire thing is talking like we haven't even touched on what did the, what does the endocrine system do? You know, our pituitary gland, our pancreas, our um, ovaries, you know, they're all talking constantly all the time, right? Yeah, but all of this is, you know, if a lot of people um, understand it by calling it the mind. But for me, it's more of like the being, the well-being, the entire whole being. Yeah, well, right? it's, yeah, that's true. It, it is kind of. Well, we think of the mind as the driver of the, yeah. of the bus, right? <laughs> so. yeah. It's just one stop that you can measure. But in reality, like, have you ever heard of the thought that it's actually, they call it, um, that, what was it that the gut and the brain from an embryo, they develop from the, the same, from the, the first same set of cells. Hmm. So can you imagine your stomach and your brain were once beside each other. <laughs> and it kind of really makes sense because the gut biome dictates what kind of food, you know, it tells your brain to look for. The, the gut biome is um, the bacteria that live there, both the good and the bad ones that create the balance. So, so I'm just talking about how um, we appreciate just how wonderful this body is um you know and and how as you said energy there really is something that's hard to measure outside of this body yeah. and harnessing that is a whole different story <laughs> um, but it is part of the wonderful ways that we can get to know ourselves that that whole uh, journey that i've inviting everybody to go on which is your relationship with yourself and getting to know yourself right yeah, yeah. How do you help people to deal with like a self-sabotage? You know, where do you see some people who they're coming to you, they're doing great. And then all of a sudden, oh, this happened, this huge step back. And, and it seems like it's coming from the outside world, right? But you know. <laughs> yeah, that you're part of that. Your, yeah. your decisions are part of it. Yeah, those are very interesting questions. I've had, yes, I've had some very challenging um, patients. I, I've, the first thing is to calm the emotions. Uh, to rein that in because when it's in panic mode it, you know I'm, I'm grateful that one of the, the the ways that I've decided to deal with it is I'm gonna go where people are at 
I need to go where they're at. And uh, with this, if I frame it in a way that I, I want to go where they're at, then I think actually that's a form of love when you think about it. If I, if I have the bandwidth to be able to go where you're at, then, then usually if, if I find a, most of my patients who, who come to me are at an overwhelmed point in their lives. So I do have to join them there where they're at, but also uh, from a provider sense, I need to put up my own shield. Like it can't be something that I let in, but right. I have to be there with them, right? So when I go there with them, the first thing is to help manage the emotions with the breath, the introspection, and just to calm that down. And then when you get to a, a calmer state, then we can do the inventory. And that's when it becomes clearer what's working and what's not working for you. Yeah. But so, yeah, like you said, the self-sabotage is all grounded in emotions. And once, they, once, once you start, it's like you're an arranger or an interior decorator even. <laughs> or like you're, you're laying out post-its. And then people agree or don't agree, and then they refine or don't refine what what you're laying out, and and then coming up with you know, and then and then I start to help have people scan themselves. Where how are you feeling right now? Is this are we headed in the right direction? And then sometimes there's unrest, sometimes there's movement. But the point is, as we journey through, I always affirm people that you're moving, you're not stuck. Yeah. If you were doing, because that's the other thing I feel like people don't appreciate that humans are generally social beings, even the loners. Yeah. Right. So all of our processes are accelerated when we choose to let somebody else in. But also choosing who that should be should be a conscious choice. Like yeah. you, like there are limitations in having friends or family manage your emotions because they're personally connected to the situations you're in right 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 yeah. so like finding a trusted um a mentor a coach like myself or whatnot therapist you need to find that connection that meaningful connection of someone who can really objectively like walk you through your life experience and help help you process so that shows our strength as human beings to depend on each other. And we're just harnessing that strength. Doing it in isolation will always be more challenging and more draining for, for a person. Um, there are people uh, who may not necessarily be distressed, but want the accelerated experience. Like, for example, business owners. Ah, yeah, you know that. <laughs> business owners you know, have a lot riding on their ventures, their, their time, yeah. for, for one thing, their time, time is precious, mm -hmm. you know, loans are ticking, interest rates going up, right? So if people are serious about acceleration, focus, and just doing things with more ease, that's another reason to, to really harness the, the, the social, the gift of, of what makes humans powerful is our social connection, which is why I'm grateful for things like this, because this is meaningful collection right here. It is. <laughs> and you're sharing your voice and your wisdom with the world, which is very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. This is, this is so refreshing. I love your questions.
Thank you. <laughs> How long does the process usually take? I mean, I know that's just an <laughs> unfair question, but are we talking like when people start to work with you, is it like months or is it years? Or is it decades? I mean, how long before people really start See? to come into their own power? Oh my God. I mean, it can be like on this, I was just doing 30 minutes. I said, how do you feel? Oh, I feel good. <laughs> That's it. You're all better. No, yeah, because you have to just bring a person to make a decision. But but this is the other thing. To you have to you're exercising a muscle. It's like you have to like I have, I have one patient constantly taking yourself out from a, a, a from fear, from distress and bringing yourself back to your perfect state, which is a joyful loving person. Like I'm just thinking of one client right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that muscle of just going back, you know, I'm not saying that fear should, would, I were replacing fear or we're eradicating fear because fear has its purpose. Yeah. It's supposed to protect you when a lion is after your butt. <laughs> so true. Right? Which happens a lot in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on the news. That's our lion for today. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a new habit. It's a pattern. You, just getting into it is what will, you know, really change, you know, your physical surroundings, your social surroundings. So that repetitive thing, but that can change happen in a moment. Like, as I said, I was just in a session of 30 minutes. It was what a really great session just before this. So I'm really pumped today. It's a Excellent. Great, it's a good <laughs> Monday. It's a good way to start a Monday to have a pumped patient. Um, but yeah, that was just half an hour. Um, and uh, so, but, but as I said, um, like I have patients who, oh, there, there was this lovely woman. She was like, uh, she's working on her family relationships. And then um, she started to be able to express herself more openly without fear of being judged. Um, and then on, uh, I do like sets of, 10 or 12 sessions. So on something like session eight, she says, you know, I really have this dream. I go, what is it? I want to buy my dream house. Uh, so, which is an abundance thing. Cause I know you're into, um, Oh, Oh yeah. You're yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I know why it came up because you're in real estate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So this is why this has come up. I, I didn't plan on this by the way. It, it's just listening to my intuition. Yeah, I'm serious. This is a real story. I'm not making it up just because I'm talking to you. So, so yeah, this is a nice story. So she, she on session eight, she says, you know, I, I did, I didn't tell you this, but I, for years now, something like 10 or 14 years, maybe 10 years. I really, really, she's an interior designer. So it was so important for her to, you know, she had a dream. She had a dream to, 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 um, to realize. Um, but I think just having her, but my reading of the situation was that she was just putting herself all her priorities at second, always, always the less, the less important among all the other concerns of the family, of the bigger plan. And then she surprised me and something like, Three sessions later, she said, guess what? We bought the house. <laughs> and I, I was just, um, of course, that was definitely her victory, but it was so nice of her to make me part of that because that really got me pumped that here we are working on your family relationships and whatnot. And I often tell people, look around your life 
and see what's going on. If you like what you see, that's a reflection of what's going on inside. I'm not saying for everybody to buy their dream house, though. That's a good project they can do with you. <laughs> but it is a measure of, of the internal health as well. That, you know, if you have that dream house, what's preventing you from going for it, right? Right. Good story for you. <laughs> so call me right away and we'll go find your dream <laughs> I, I kid you not. That is a real story. So uh, uh, she's, she, yeah, we were, we, we, um, and some people decide to do, um, like said, I, I, I prefer to start my relationship with people um, three months. And then we decide after that how often they want to be seen. If, if you're like um, a lot of people who have specific health problems, like going through a life change, they want that regular thing. Some people who are kind of are on a maintenance plans, they see me less regularly. But it's, it's all about making co consistent, constant, conscious um, decisions. Consistent, constant, and conscious. So those are my triple Cs. If I have triple Rs, I have triple Cs. <laughs> consistent, constant, and conscious. So making those decisions and whatever enables the person to do that, whether it's they're working on their health, their business, um, taking on a project like buying their dream home, for example, all of those tie in. Actually, they may come to me for one thing and then they realize it's affecting all other things. Yeah, yeah. And then the nice thing is if you correct one thing, there's movement in all the others. Yeah. So that's, that's the cool part. Well, because we say that, you know, if you're, if you have this particular financial goal and you haven't achieved it, then you kind of have to look and say, why not? Right. Because every library in the world has books about how to become financially abundant. There are dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of different ways and people and to do it. And, you know, you, just to sit and say, well, you know, I've been sitting here, I've been doing whatever, and it hasn't happened to me yet. Well, okay. <laughs> Were you just sitting home waiting for the check to arrive? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's the same with what you're saying, right? People are, they have this, this thing, right? And, and if they aren't already there, there's something blocking them. There's something yeah. flowing, yeah. right? So yeah. that you're helping them to unlock all the doors and get through to where they want to be. Yeah. If people already have a, you already said blocks. Um, I want to add to that word stuck. If people can relate to that word, then they should call me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm just saying that that is, that is a toxic state right yeah if you feel stuck or you don't know what to do or you're blocked there I, what this is the message of hope you can get unstuck if you first have to recognize i mean like anything awareness is key you have to first acknowledge and right. be humble enough to say that that's where you're at and i need help right right so. i mean i'm looking at the clock you know i could mark i could <laughs> with you all day i really love talking with you i know i enjoy this a lot if, if we're you know this is where you say like if if you if this is work then i, I this is the kind of work we want to do every day because we're really not we don't feel like we're working right never work a 
single day in your life, right? That's the goal. I think that's part of the formula. When you get to the kind of work that doesn't make you feel like it's work, then that's it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Encourage everybody to go to the website, getyourfillpodcast.com to check out all the links and studies and interesting topics that we've touched on today. Um, Is there anything else that I should have asked you that you wanted to share that I failed to um, touch upon? No, no, this was a, a, so lovely. I just wanted to make sure that um, you'll probably post my contact information below. But, but why don't you tell us anyway? Yeah, yeah <laughs> for that. So my, my name again is Marga Zaraga. My website is my name, MD, MargaZaragaMD.com. And uh, I call what I offer this free session as a clarity session clarity session and you know my goal is to especially during these pandemic times I'm happy to say that I've created a structure where I am able to offer these sessions for free at least for 30 minutes let me see get get you unstuck in some area of your life and then you'll get to know me and you'll have me on your Rolodex but um (laughs) but you know what's this it's it's my own pleasure to be of service to people right now during these challenging times. We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to get through it. And I definitely find it very fulfilling um, to, for those people who allow me to serve them. My um, number is uh, 801-210-0460. And my website has a contact sheet that where they can um, just click and leave their info. Thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you, listener, for listening. If you have got something of value from this episode, which I think will be difficult not to, then please (laughs) remember to share it with a friend because we want to help everybody. 